This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, welcome back to another great episode of Remarkable Results Radio from the Aftermarket Radio Network, where our goal is to advance the aftermarket, and uh, we put that up in full sight on every episode. Hey, welcome, Bill Thompson. Hello, Carm. How are you? I am great. Mr. Thompson, president of IMR, AutomotiveResearch.com. Good to have you here. You've been on, I think, five previous times. You guys are a full-service market research company, and you came on, and a couple of them were on pre-scheduling preventative maintenance because you've done surveys on that, and you wanted to come in and share it with our people. So you can just go to the website if you want, type in Bill Thompson and check them out. Bill sent me an incredible survey a few weeks back, and I flipped out and I fell in love with it. And I said, you got to come on and tell the world. Accomplish more by starting now. That's the motto of Repair Shop of Tomorrow, a Napa Auto Care exclusively endorsed vendor. RSOT will look at productivity, efficiencies, effective labor rate, average hours per car, labor profit percent, measure and manage labor, and how you can create net profit. Interested in Repair Shop of Tomorrow? 440-545-1230 is the number for a free 20-minute no-obligation consultation or contact your servicing Napa Auto Parts Store. This is an important episode, everyone. It impacts all of us, and we can affect things based on the information that we find here. You know, who recommends our industry to young people as a career? Love to find that out. What is the perception of our trade from the general public? Do we start talking to fifth or eighth graders? I mean, you know, I've done shows on this, but there's a lot of information in this report. I thank you for being here. Why did you guys decide to jump in and do a survey on industry perception? First of all, I love the auto industry. I think that you and I both fall into that camp, and I'm pretty sure everybody that's watching, right, would probably say the same thing. I've been in in the industry probably for 20 years now. It hasn't been, um, you know, it's not 30, 40 years like some of the folks that I'm sure they're they're watching or yourself, quite frankly. But I've heard a lot about, you know, the technician shortage and the issues in, involving the trades, generally speaking, right? So if you're a fan of micro and, you know, you know of tech force and all of this notion that we're having this shortage of skilled trades, you know, in the U.S. and the, and the graying of the workforce, if you will. You know, for a long time in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, we have to have some benchmarks. We have to think about this. We don't know where we're starting. We don't know how we're competing as an industry against other trades. It's not like we're competing against bankers and lawyers. It's we're competing against construction and, you know, and and delivery drivers, you, you name it. There's all sorts of paths that a young person can take. And I always felt like we really can't decide how to move forward or develop a solution or, or collectively row the boat in the same direction unless we know what we're working with. A number of years ago, we started doing this study. This is our first release of it. And, you know, we're talking to a lot of households through a lot of our syndicated research. So, you know, we go in uh, once every quarter since 2020 and talk to 25,000 households. So it's not like it's a thousand households or 600, it's 25,000 households about their perception of the trades in the United States. And we focus very specifically on the auto industry and the automotive technicians in particular, because that was something that the, the business to business, frankly, uh, portion of the, of the industry is near and dear to my heart as our technicians in the shops. And it just we've done work for some associations trying to unpack a few things here and there, but it just seemed like it was 
a good place to start to develop benchmarks that we could deliver out to the industry and say, look, this is what we're dealing with on the whole. And that was really the driving factor of it. Some of it was kind of personal, like I kind of wanted the answers myself. And some of it was like, we just want to be a steward of the industry at the end of the day. If you're listening and you say, ah, this is going to be garbly goop and it's going to be data and I can't handle this stuff, please do me a favor, stick around. No matter what type of information that we give you, whatever statistics that Bill, being an analytical guy, is going to give you, I want you to think deep down inside the role you have to support the need of our industry to cover this technician shortage, to bring in the youth into this very high-skilled, high-trade, uh, high-tech industry, and or just maybe make the final commitment that you're going to get out and speak to some students join an advisory group. We can't talk about this enough. And every time I bring on someone to drive this theme, I'm hoping I'm getting one, two, three, four, or five more people saying, put up their hands as I'm doing this. Thank you for bringing all this to us. We've got a bunch of slides that bring the data up to crystal clearness. If you are listening, then you're going to hear some of the numbers and Bill's perception on that particular question. And if you want to see it, in the show notes, and this will be up on our YouTube channel, you can actually watch us back and forth banter and actually see the slide. I'd also add that you can go to automotiveresearch.com and download the actual full report. We're, there's no charge, nothing. You know, we've delivered it out to the industry for anybody that wants it. So if it's, you're interested in every, looking at the whole thing, just go to automotiveresearch.com and download it. Phenomenal. Well. And thank you so much for doing that. So, okay, let's put up the start of your slide deck. First slide you want to show about parents are discussing options with their children. This is so interesting. We think about perception as an overall perception, but I think in our, you know, we sat back and thought about you know, how do we actually develop a number that's of any interest that we can take action on? The reality is, is that we wanted to talk to parents that are actually actively discussing, right, options with their child. And I think that that's where we needed to start because there is a huge difference between people that are discussing, discussing career options with their child versus those that frankly don't have any skin in the game. And those are wholly different perceptions about how they might recommend a career for their child. And I, I think really, while there's a bunch of numbers on this page, I think what I found to be the most fascinating thing is that while the parents are discussing career options and they're talking about a four-year college, roughly 46% are talking about college as an option, and 46% are recommending college as an option. The real number here was that only 33.5% of the children were seriously considering that as an option. But more importantly, about 30% of those same children were thinking about entering the workforce immediately. There's this disconnect, if you will, when you say, hey, parents, what are you talking about? What do you recommend? And what do your kids really want to do? When you hear 30% of them want to go into the workforce immediately, something's actually happening. So there's this discussion and the children are thinking one way and it seems like the parents are thinking possibly another way. It's not to say that there isn't an alignment that happens, but there is a bit of a, of a phenomena here where we know that during the pandemic times, college enrollment dropped, right? There are certain things that happened in the U.S. during that time and even now that really kind of make a little sense to us. So we have to always have this COVID thing in the back of our mind when we're looking at stats and data. I don't know about you, but there's so much COVID going on out there. I mean, this is part of our life forever. It's not that COVID is a, a thing. It's just that a phenomena, a behavior occurred out of that. That's all it's about. It's not about COVID. It's about a parental and a child behavior and decision-making as a result of things that affect people's lives. So COVID is, it could be anything, but it's a behavior affecting event. And this, this really describes that. 
One of the, the numbers here, Bill, that popped for me was under the community college that 7.3% of children are seriously considering and or would prefer community college. And so when I look at that, and I know that so many community colleges have the two-year automotive program, that's kind of alarming to me. Yes. So if you are going to try and figure out where that 30 20 some odd percent came from entering the workforce immediately between what the parents are discussing and recommended. The way that you would read that is more kids are preferring to entering the workforce immediately than go to community college or trade school. That's what that shows actually, which is fascinating. And to your point, Carm. It's fascinating because we have never had more commitment to apprentice programs. And those apprentices come from the children the young adults that are coming out of high school with no college intention. If you're sitting on the sidelines, not necessarily thinking about building and developing and committing to a Department of Labor authorized apprentice program, they're out there for the grabbing. Kind of going back to the original why, when you look out and you start trying to find research on the trades in general, you know, and this is only me in, in, in the research that I, I mean, what I tried to uncover to find numbers you'll find all sorts of stuff on construction and you'll find electrician research. You'll find all sorts of stuff, but you don't see automotive technician in there. And not even in the lists when they're talking about the trades, you don't always see automotive technician in that list. And it just seemed like, I don't know if that's an awareness issue or it's just, I don't know where it sits, but it was a little disturbing to me that I, I had a really tough time, even in the stuff that did exist, in a comparative perspective that it wasn't necessarily there. What a perfect segue to the next slide. How are the trades perceived? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So in 2020, right? So this is about recommending the trades. Would you even recommend the trades to a child at all? It doesn't matter which one. You know, in 2020, 39% of households said that they would recommend the trades and it, and it popped up a couple, two, 3% in 2022. This is everybody, regardless of whether they are talking to a child or not. That matters. So because not everybody's talking to their child about, let's just call it it's 15, 17, 18% are talking career options with their child. But if they are, 65% of the households would recommend the trades as a career option. It just goes to show you, Carm, your statements earlier about getting in early and often and getting in front of children. If you're discussing career options with your kid, 65% of them are going to recommend the trades. They will actually recommend the trades. It'll be, it'll be an option because frankly, if you're a parent, all options are on the table. You do need to help guide your child, right? Of course. Um, but it's not that they're pulling it off the table. The converse of that though is 35% wouldn't. And if you're not discussing career options with your child, 38% would recommend the trades. So that's that whole commentary. I said, look, if you have no skin in the game, you're not going to really recommend it. But if you do, and you're talking to a child, it's on the table, an option. Part of the thought that I was thinking while you were giving us this, this great analogy was the counter at our shops and our service advisors, even our owners that spend a little time there. Isn't Johnny uh, probably going to make a college decision soon? Does, is he going to go and be a lawyer or a CPA or does he just love to work with his hands? Why couldn't we ask those questions? Because we have to consider ourselves in our shops as influencers. That's right. Advocates. At the end of the day, this is about advocacy for the industry and for automotive technicians and the, in the, in the job and the career, because it is a career. It's the reason we use perception is because there's a lot of, uh, how would I say, older perceptions of what the automotive technician really does. And we know that that older perception just isn't the case anymore. And it's not going to, it's going to be a different ball game as, as the vehicles change and obviously electrification, all the other stuff are going to require a skill set that is not the same as what it was 35 years ago. 
The next slide is about the parents are advocates. This is a great heat map. I love this. I love this too. And, you know, as we garner more data, and this is the geeky side, right? As we start mapping it more closely, we have the ability to understand where by city and, and potentially even by zip code, the parent advocates actually live. Because if we want to advocate for the trade, where are the people living that would advocate the most? Where are they at? That's not to say you shouldn't advocate where it's average or whatever. It just means that, you know, we know where we have a fertile ground to recruit people into the industry in these particular places. So at the end of the day, rural America has the highest likelihood to recommend its 62% recommendation rate. Urban is next to 52.2 and then suburban 42%. So there's a disparity between location, you know, when you're discussing career options with your, you know, whether they would recommend, you know, the trades just in general, let alone automotive, but just even in general. And then you can see the darker shaded areas on this map. For those you can't see it, there's some darker shaded areas, which really kind of pop out the areas where people are very likely to recommend the trades. And, um, and they follow a very particular pattern when you unpack who the folks are that are making these recommendations. You know, as cars become more advanced, manufacturers are getting sole access to important vehicle data while independent repair shops and vehicle owners are increasingly locked out from accessing vital repair data. But who owns the data? The vehicle owner or the manufacturer? When it comes to vehicle repair, the fight to secure data access for vehicle owners and their chosen independent repair facilities continues. U.S. Representative Bobby L. Rush introduced the Right to Equitable and Professional Auto Industry Repair acronym REPAIR, R-E-P-A-I-R, Act to the U.S. House on February 3rd, 2022. The bill is aimed at giving small, independent repair shops the same kind of data access that licensed vehicle dealerships already receive. Americans should not be forced to bring their cars to more costly and inconvenient dealerships for repairs when independent auto repair shops are often cheaper and far more accessible, said Rep. Rush. But as cars become more advanced, manufacturers are getting sole access to important vehicle data while independent repair shops are increasingly locked out. The right to repair legislation should protect a pro-consumer and competitive motor vehicle repair market, provide independent repair shops with the rights to critical information, tools, and equipment needed to repair modern cars and trucks. The right to repair legislation should task the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration with developing cybersecurity standards and guidelines to protect vehicle data and systems when repair and maintenance data is accessed by vehicle owners. Please join the fight and help support right to repair by completing the form at www.autoadvocacy.org slash NAPA, which sends a letter to your member of Congress today. Right to repair legislation protects your access to vehicle data and scan tools. This is critically important for the automotive heavy-duty paint and body industries. AutoCareAdvocacy.org slash Napa. My city is right there in the middle. It's in the heat map, Buffalo, New York. It's in it. We're a blue-collar type city. That We've got health care and banking going on as far as a, you know, a, a white-collar industry. But, uh, boy... We do a lot of farming out this way, and all we used to be, you know, one of the steel plant capital, of, you know, next to Pittsburgh. It's kind of gone now, but uh, it's encouraging. I just can't wait to tell the people that I know in Buffalo of this data. When you look at whether it's education level, ethnicity, income level, the people that are more likely to recommend the trades are those people that are closer to it. The people that are least likely to recommend the trades are people with a four-year college degree. 
go figure. It bears itself out, but that may be why when you talk about where where you're living, that that you're right smack dab in the middle of it. It may be the demographics of where you live and who who lives there, quite frankly. I know in the high culture, one percenter, top 20 percent shops, every technician who has a hell of a pay plan, a great culture, great benefit program, loves where they work, cares for the team and the customer because the leader made it that way. They'll recommend it all day long. People want to work where these people want to work. And unfortunately, over the years, we've had uh, some missteps as, as far as the image that we have and how we've treated our people. The point is, is that's got to stop. I'm telling this to the industry. We, we've, got, we've got to stop this because there's more work for everybody. We, just, we need people. Exactly. We do have other research that we are working on right now that will be complementary to this, where we've, I think, over the past three years, I think we've talked to 18,000 shops about whether they would recommend, technicians included, whether they would recommend the industry. Just to kind of gauge ourselves, hey, are we going to recommend the place we work, right? You know what I mean? And I'm kind of, I haven't, I haven't dug into it yet. I don't have any spoilers for you, but I'm going to be very interested because it really unpacks working conditions and in benefits and hours and stress and, you know, work environment and stuff like that. We're going to try and get it out later or early first quarter of next year. But it's the complimentary piece to this, to your point, Carm, which is, are we even willing to recommend ourselves? Again, we get the data back and I think we can plan our strategy around our social media, around our involvement with schools. And if we find out that the profile of this company, then make your company like that. You need to become a magnet for young people to work and have a career. I can't stress the word enough. Thank you for using it in your survey, Bill. Career. Right. And that is exactly which I think the next slides go into, which are what are these perceptions? I mean, what are we up against? And because the whole idea of perception, if we're going to break perception, we kind of need to know what people are thinking about us in the first place. So we can arm ourselves with information that would break the mold, if you will. Either break the mold or, or give ourselves ammo or things that would, would be you know, really nice things to say about the industry. And I, I mean, I think there's a whole bunch of statistics that are out there. But one of the things we really kind of wanted to understand out of all of this were, you know, where did the educational skill set, what were the perceptions of the kinds of education you need to become an automotive technician? Well, the funny thing is you're going to see here is, is that if I were looking at these, I'd say they were kind of relatively flat numbers at the end of the day. The one thing, you know, in a lot of these pages, we put these quick stats on there. For example, 40% of a vehicle's cost is attributed to electronics these days. We went out and talked to a bunch of shops, about I think five or 600, uh, I can't remember how many, the number one trait shops were looking for in a new technician or analytical problem solver, right? No surprise at all. I know people will argue with this stat, 103 grand for you know average total tuition for a four-year degree. I know that's not what I paid for my daughter to go through. I bet you paid a little bit more than that. Oh, yeah. But that's cited and it's referenced. I thought it was kind of low, but I think everybody can. But the comparison isn't that number as much as it costs maybe as much as ten dollars to $20,000 to get automotive, basic automotive technician training at a community college. So there's wide variances in the dollar amounts that it takes to get the difference between these two things, when you think about what's been happening on the four-year college level, they've been trying to justify the cost by saying you're going to get a return on your investment. At the end of the day, if I spend a quarter million dollars, $200,000, am I going to walk out with a $45,000 a year job? There's a lot of people out there trying to make these dollar justifications for education of what really happens out in the actual workplace. And so if you're spending 
you know, 25 grand, you know, on, a, on a, an electrician in the next three years, you, you know, you're up to 65 grand. That ROI is a whole different story, you know, and then, then the question becomes, where can you go from there? 7% mortgage rate. I just recently heard this morning. The inflation, the economy, this soft landing concept, the pending recession, all of that is going to change everything we do with our hard-earned cash, money, and future investments. So as an industry, and I told you, stick around, don't turn this thing off. There's so many great, if you will, plums that are falling off the tree, knowing we know where our economy is, who knows where it's going. We always say we never know, but you know, we kind of get a feel every day where it's heading. And if you don't react to that, Bill, and think about having, so here's 103,000 in your survey for four year, 10 to 25 for an automotive technician training. How about zero as an apprentice? How about hardly any cost as an apprentice? And if you were going to be an advocate to affect our industry, you being armed with these numbers, knowing that we are a STEM type of career, what a sell you've got going to bring in young people right out of high school. If they're not going to think of going to college in an apprentice program, we're going to think of buying their tools. I mean, we're going to treat these young people completely different than we did 20 years ago. And if you look at that middle, the cost of completing required education to be an auto technician is significantly less than the cost of a traditional college education. 41% like fully agreed with that statement, meaning there's some confusion about what it really costs to do it. That's really what that means is 60% of the people are kind of like, yeah, you know, it's denial. And then, you know, the, the, the funny thing is the education path to becoming an automotive technician is unclear. We measured that, right? And 21% agree with that statement, but everybody else lies somewhere in between. In other words, I think, you know, while that number is a full 21% agree with that statement, a full 21% don't agree with that statement, and everybody else is in between. They just don't kind of know. Roughly 80% of the shops we talked to the last few months said they're having a hard time finding it's difficult to find qualified technicians. And, and there's some underlying reasons for it. And it's based on what they're looking for. I would posit or put this out there that, you know, when we say to ourselves, which really hard for us to find really experienced technicians, the reality may be you're not gonna. The reality may be if every industry is facing a technician shortage at this particular point, a skilled labor, there's a gap in the US, it just is what it is. Maybe we re- need to realign what we're thinking about how we bring people into our shops. To your point, the apprentice programs. I mean, any of the larger companies out there, I just know a company very recently that hired a bunch, well, they brought in a bunch of interns that are either working for free or getting paid very little. A bunch of them under the auspices that they're going to come in for a job. This, to me, shouldn't be a whole lot different. You know, I think you got to go to the source. And if we're, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, the shops are going to be gobbling one, a, a technician. They're going to be stealing them back and forth and back and forth. Um, and people are going to be retired. It's going to be graying. I think you, you, you talked to Jennifer Maher from Tech Forest and the graying of the workforce in the auto industry on the tech side is really going to be driving, even exasperating the whole, I can't find a really experienced technician. You're going to have to create them. They have to be created at this point. Well, I did a great episode with Jennifer and a couple of her, you know, really great people. So that would have come out before this episode. So if you missed Jennifer Mahar Tech Force's episode, please go back and listen to it. There's a lot of really good stuff there. Uh, let's get back at the survey, the career outlook. I presented this out at Apex. I got a little pushback on some of these numbers and I 
use whatever numbers you want, I suppose. But the average income that you get with a bachelor's degree, and that's from uh, the National Center for Education Stats, right? Annual earnings by educational attainment, 60 grand with a four-year degree. There's your 60 grand. So the question is, is, is what is the automotive technician income range? I capped it at 84 on average. I think that's the general. But the reality is, is it, it's higher. It can be quite a bit higher than that. You know, and I think we all know, you know, if you're making 33, you might be doing oil changes only or something along that line that's indicative. If you're in a career position as an automotive technician, the dollars are there to be made that are quite possibly more than you're going to be making out of college. Um, for sure. And I think the perceptions around the career outlook are really where these, really where it's at. So only 40% believe there's a wide variety of career path opportunities. We talked, you and I talked about this previously, Carm. What really are the career path opportunities for technicians? And I, when I've personally gone in to talk to schools, I don't talk only about automotive technicians. I show the distribution channels. Cause in my humble opinion, if you're an automotive technician, you can do things way more than you can go work at, you know, your, what you name it, Napa, Advance, AutoZone, you know, Alliance, whatever it is. There's a whole boatload of things you can do. And I, we know people in the industry that have moved themselves out of being technicians to go into other places in the industry just based on that knowledge alone. That's a positioning piece of it. But people don't believe there's a whole lot of career path opportunities because all they see is tech. I know director of training, standard motor products, a tech, you know, how about Pete Meyer? In the media. And think about all of our great, not only suppliers, but the manufacturers in our industry that are looking for ambassadors, looking for people to come in and and work with them. You love to work with your hands. You have a toolbox. Come into our uh, CAD office and, and help us build new products. And don't sell the industry short. I guess maybe that's my message. Yes, we want, listen, you got to start somewhere so you bring them in. They may fall in love with your apprentice program and the culture in your place and not want to go anywhere else. But in the back of their mind, since you've set up the opportunity in this huge industry of ours that you can become anyone and still stay in the aftermarket, be a giver. Open up their eyes and you may have them for way longer than you ever thought because they may come to you as an owner and say, hey, boss, you enticed me three or four years ago when you hired me about wanting to maybe be a trainer or something like that. I think it's in my blood. Do you know anyone? I mean, come on. It isn't part of your job to bring them in and either give them a great job or watch their career flourish? I agree. The other thing that I, this may be a naive thing to say, but a long time ago when, when we said the technician shortage, there is, you know, and I'd be like, oh, technician shortage. Okay, what are we really talking about? And I, at one point I said, look, we're going to know when we have a real technician shortage is when we have to wait longer for our vehicles. That was always my litmus test. And so now this morning I brought my car in and they were down a tech. Hence, you're waiting longer for your car. I know there's supply chain issues, but you know, I mean, like I really think that it's all across the board now. And so, you know, that that little stat there, there are many unfilled positions in the industry providing high job security, 40% agree. You know what I mean? So I don't know that people really, I think we've attributed a lot to supply chain shortages, which are there, but I think those things are going to clear up. And I think the time we're going to wait is going to be longer because there's no getting around the fact that we have a gap in skills in the the trades. And it's the segue into this, which is essentially that very last piece of attribute. Career opportunities for women are abundant. I think that in and of itself is a perception that these opportunities don't exist. And, you know, in 2020, 17% agreed you know, which is low, 80% didn't agree. Now it's 26%. So 74% don't necessarily agree. But if you go to the next slide, what's really 
interesting about this is that if you were to download the full report, a lot of the data divides this out by male, female, whether you know somebody in the trades or you don't have any close member or by generation. And a lot of those things kind of matter when we unpack a number like 26%. I think the commentary here is that at the end of the day, women themselves do not believe that there are opportunities for women in, in the trades and particularly the automotive industry as an automotive technician. It's just not there. But what's interesting about that is if you look at that bottom by generation, younger folks are more likely to believe that those, those opportunities exist, right? So if you're a millennial, 35%, while it's not off the charts, it's nearly double um, baby boomers and silent generation. There's a nod to if you are younger, you do believe that there are more opportunities for you in the auto uh, as an automotive technician than you might if you're older, right? We're just not doing a good enough job recruiting women. And again, I think that whole perception of the industry is just right up there. To just even lay this out more, when you read through that entire report, Carm, and everywhere that we have it divided out, perception by males versus females, women in general rate all of these things, everything lower, right? And so if you're talking about who do I need to talk to at the dinner table to make, you know, to sway a decision, the reality is whether we like it or not, is that we, we need to talk to the moms or women that are in a position of influencing these decisions because they already have a, a much lower propensity or have a lower perception of a lot of these attributes than men do, quite frankly. Well, here's slide eight, the general perceptions. Uh, this kind of, if you will, a, an overview. Admittedly, I don't love the slide, but it, it is what it is, right? Working as an automotive technician is a job, not a viable career. The good news is, is only 17% of people agree that it's a job and not a career, but 44% disagree. That's a positive thing. And that's the reason we have those numbers on the right, because you got to have the context. Everybody else lies somewhere in, in between. Automotive technicians tend to attract individuals who do not achieve high grades in high school. Perceptions, right? That one's split between the low end and the high end. Most people ride, ride right in the 50% or in the middle of that. You know, In other words, they can kind of go one way or the other on it. But one place that, that's probably the highest is people working as automotive technicians are often portrayed less flatteringly than people working in other careers. And that's a pretty constant 36, 37% over the years, right? So people, you know, 37% basically believe that that is the perception. It's too high. It's really too high. And there's not enough people that don't agree with that statement either. That needs to lower and it kind of needs to go the other way where poor people are like, wait a minute. No, I, there, there's a whole nother view of what we, what we do as an industry and what technicians do. And it's not, it's not going to get any better if we don't do something about it. No, it's, it's not. I don't have all the answers to these questions. This is what the perceptions are, but this is what, you know, anybody that shows up to a high school and does a presentation or does something in front of the, the you know, school that includes parents, this is what you need to know. So if you, if you were ever developing a, a talk, if you will, however it goes, this is what you're walking in with. That's the whole reason we did it. Just know that this, because anything that you can do to show the opposite of these things or that put these in a better light are where, where it needs to go. If you download this report, it's page number 18, and, and just get that. Look at that bottom section, actually, the, you know, that third section down, and let that drive the discussion you're going to have with parents and our young people. Wow. I'm always so thankful for you to come and open our eyes to bring the kind of information that we feel in our bones exists, but we don't have the numbers to prove it. So, Listen, we have to, as an industry, and I just don't want to get up on my soapbox again like I did in the beginning, but we can affect the perception of our industry by what we do, how we treat our people, our customers, how we become, as you said earlier, an advocate, 
for our industry, apprentice programs and all of it, you know, get your people to training, show them a career path. Everything we have been talking about has been, if you will, summarized in this report. I thank you so much. And it's available, automotiveresearch.com. It's, uh, Bill, you said it was on the homepage, right? Yeah, there's an insight out there. You click on it and download it. It's there for everybody's consumption. And the, re- the reality is, is that we're going to track this every year. That's our goal because we want to see movement. We want to be able to report back and see if things have changed. That's our goal. So are you going to recommend our trades? Are your customers going to recommend our trades? Are the counselors going to recommend our trades? And, and on and on and on. The, you know, the parents the principals, the teachers, and there's only one way it's going to work. Only one way. We have to do it. There's no magic bullet out there that all of a sudden one day, economy or no economy, COVID excuse or no COVID excuse, that this is going to happen and it's going to turn. We need it to turn on a dime. We don't need it to turn over 20 years. We need it to, to turn now. How are you going to help people recommend our trades over all the other ones that are out there. So as always, my friend, Bill Thompson, president of IMR Automotive Research Inc., thank you for doing, number one, having the passion in, in yourself to want to pull this data so that all of us in the industry can can use it to uh, affirm and confirm the things that we need to do to, to grow this great industry. Yeah, thanks, Carm. Very happy to do so. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.